Welcome to Blogs on Tape. Today's post is Evocative Plus One Sword Replacements, written by Gusty LaRue and originally published on his blog Dungeon of Signs at dungeonofsigns.blogspot.com. Evocative Plus One Sword Replacements so, I've complained in the past about the profoundly lame effect of plus X magic weapons and armor on a game. I don't take it back. In the vaults of Pavalorn, my 7th level thief had a magic sword made of elf metal. It is one of the few magic weapons in the party. It doesn't do much except glow in moonlight and can hurt certain undead that are immune to non-silver weapons. That's enough, though. Magic swords are a very D&D thing. Everyone wants one, and why not? They're pretty cool. The problem with weapons that give a bonus to attack and damage is that they become expected, and lack any kind of excitement, weirdness, or mystery. I don't want magical items to be commonplace, and I don't want them to be dull, ready for replacement when the next level of plus comes along. I want my magic slightly terrifying. Beyond not being flavorful, Plus magic weapons simply create an arms race between player treasure recovery and monster armor class. This is how many an MMO works. It's not that being 80th level is better than being 60th, it's just that the dungeons you've raided give you equipment that cuts that necessary 0.5 more seconds off killing a creature of the same level. There's nothing wrong with this approach in a video game, especially if cool graphics back it up. But in a tabletop game, combat mechanics are frequently boring. I firmly think that player interest and excitement is held by the discovery of mysterious artifacts that do specific things and tell specific stories. One needn't make magic items perfect for every player in a tabletop game, because as a GM, one can tailor their odd powers to the events at hand. Below are 10 magical swords with powers that are somewhere in the range of plus 1 to plus 2 and should actually be interesting. Some are vaguely unsettling, others very situational, and others potentially annoying. I think the list can easily be used to make even better swords, improve bonuses and no side effects, or cursed weapons, worse side effects. 1. Phantom Sword Seemingly brittle and ancient, this blade is haunted by the spirits of its past wielders. After the first round of combat, where it is useless, a shimmering spectral blade coalesces around the weapon's blackened core of rotted iron. The Phantom Sword ignores up to five points of armor, but does not affect natural armor or magical warding. It's also haunted by the souls of ambitious warriors who may push the wielder into berserker rage. Save versus wisdom after d6 rounds of combat. 2. Searing Sword. A blunt blade of blackened steel. The magic of this weapon heats it to red hot as battle continues. As it begins to glow and crackle, runes of power shine menacingly on the blade and pommel. Each round after the first, the Searing Sword gains a plus one cumulative damage bonus and may ignite flammable objects. However, each combat round after the first, the weapon heats, burning the wielder for damage equal to its damage bonus. Heavy gauntlets reduce this effect by one. 3. Necromancer's Spine 
a white metal weapon, usually a small sword or rapier, with etchings of bones and mocking skeletons along its blade. The weapon's magic is not strictly martial, but humanoids slain with it will quickly rise from the dead and battle on behalf of the sword's wielder. The sword's power is that humanoids killed with it will return from death in 1d4 rounds to serve their killer as undead thralls. Without necromantic training, these undead will serve for 1d4 turns after rising. Sometimes, the dead raised by the necromancer's spine will turn on the sword's wielder after battle. When no enemies are available to attack, the sword's thralls must check, one in six chance, or turn on their master. 4. Glass Sword Clear, translucent, or solid and smoky, these swords of alchemical glass were once made in numbers to equip the legions of the ancients. They are preternaturally sharp, and on a solid strike are capable of easily bisecting even an armored enemy. Their power is exploding damage. On a strike doing maximum damage, the weapon will do an additional die of damage. This effect stacks, and every roll of maximum damage allows an additional die to be rolled. On an attack roll of 1, or if used to hack or pry at stone, metal, or wood, even alchemical glass may shatter, destroying the weapon. Roll a d6, and on a 1, the blade shatters. 5. Headsman's Blade a huge, unwieldy, two-handed sword, engraved with at least one pithy maxim about the inevitability of death, and encrusted with decorative silverwork depicting skulls, scales, and law scrolls. This sword actively seeks to behead enemies. On an attack roll of 20, the huge sword will cleave the head of any enemy with hit dice up to double the wielders. This is usually fatal. The headsman's blade is difficult to use, even for trained warriors of great strength, and the wielder will strike at minus one to hit. 6. Living Blade A paddle of wood, more a club than a sword. It is carved with a pattern of thorns and leaves. The weapon is still alive, and its magical thornwood edges bite and tear enemies just as a steel blade would. The living sword also possesses the ability to grasp and entangle opponents. When an opponent rolls a 1 to attack when facing the living blade, their weapon has become entangled in the blade's tendril to be snatched and cast d4 times 10 feet away. On the downside, the weapon has a mind of its own and becomes frustrated when it fails to kill an enemy in combat. At the end of any combat where it does not kill an opponent, the blade will tear at its wielder's wrist, drinking d4 hit points of blood. 7. Warded Blade Well crafted from the finest steel, etched with righteous glyphs of power, these weapons are forged for holy warriors. They revile and repel magic, offering great protection from the corruption of arcane magic. All spells cast against the wearer of a warded blade require a save versus spells by the caster to invoke. This is in addition to any other save attempts against their effects. On the downside, all arcane spells cast by allies of the wielder require a save versus spells by the caster to succeed. 8. Stone Cleaver 
a heavy blade of gray stone, cracked and reeking of elemental power. This weapon is carved from the heartstone of a powerful earth spirit and inlaid with geometric sigils in black marble. On a successful strike, the wound will begin to petrify, slowing the victim and making them strike last on any subsequent round. The petrifying power of the cleaver works on the wielder as well, who will have a minus two to initiative, or always strike last in the round if using group initiative, though before the cleaver's victims. 9. Cold Iron Sword Resembling a bar mace, the cross-section of this pitted iron weapon is cross-shaped, and the whole item has a crude, unfinished look. The sword's rough appearance derives from its manufacture. Cold forged from raw meteoric iron, uncorrupted by the earth, it is capable of banishing devils, demons, and other outsider entities. When a creature of non-terrestrial origin is struck for maximum damage, it is instantly banished to its home plane. Outsider creatures hate this weapon and can sense its presence. Regardless of their original intentions, they will seek to destroy it, either demanding it be turned over to them or slaying its owner to seize it. 10. Blood Drinker Blade Sinuous and red, with a hilt of tarnished brass and ten glyphs of diabolic power along its blade, the Blood Drinker feasts on the souls of those it slays and allows its wielder to regain his strength by devouring any scraps that remain. After battle, the owner of the blade may lick the blood off of it, regaining one hit point as long as it has struck an enemy. For each enemy actually slain with the blade, it will heal 1d4 hit points. However, wielding a blood drinker blade takes its toll on the wielder as well as on the weapon's victims, and the sword will siphon one hit point per hit dice from any future HP rolls made by the wielder. That was Evocative Plus One Sword Replacements, read by Nick L.S. Whalen. Blogs on Tape is a project that seeks to make audio recordings of the best works in the OSR, hopefully making them more accessible to everyone. If you have an OSR blog and would be interested in making your work available for us to read on this show, please get in contact with us by emailing ls at paperspencils.com. <laughs>